Well, Duke is here in the building for Sports and Hip Hop with DJ Mad Max, Live 65 IR Radio. Just released his new self-titled album, Doobie, available on all platforms now. Columbus, Ohio's own. Doobie, what's going on, man? How's your Wednesday? How's everything going? See, man, everything is great, man. Um, just blessed. Just just got back from a festival in Virginia a couple hours ago. So, yeah, just, just resting and relaxing. How was the festival? Were all the people out there in tune with the new album? Yeah, yeah. We went out there and just played the hits and played um, Celebrate off the new album. They they loved it. Yeah, Celebrate's were, the, the the huge club record. I could tell just from listening to the whole project. Yeah, yeah, that's the, the catchy one. Yeah, everyone likes that. But there, there's so many other ones on here. Desperate Times. I, I like that one. That's a personal favorite. The old me. Because I know all about your journey and, and hearing about your life story and coming up. We'll get into it. But if you want people to know you now, they could they could hear this new album. But for people who may not have been tuning along the whole journey, how would you describe yourself as the old me for people wanting to go and take a look back once they hear the track? What, what is the old doobie? Um, I think <clears throat> most people think that the old doobie is, is like, it has something to do with what I was like making the music about, but, um, <clears throat> I think it also has a lot to do with the lifestyle that I was living as well. So like, um, we still party, we still, you know, have fun, but like back then I used to do a lot of drugs and things like that. Now I'm a father, I don't do any hard drugs and stuff. So I'm always hearing, you know, all the time, like, you know, we missed the old doobie, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, <laughs> I don't, you know, I'm still me, but I'm not going to dibble and dabble on certain things anymore, you know? Mm-hmm. I heard about your journey and becoming clean and everything, especially with being a father. Did that kind of change how you wanted to spread your message? Similar to how Biggie Smalls, once he had his his son and everything was going crazy with the East Coast West with the, everything going on in the 90s. He wanted to change his message and be more positive. Was that kind of similar? You kind of resonate with that once you became a father? I got to change my message and my music. Yeah, like, I mean, it's not necessarily just like. Um, like, oh, I want, like, oh, you shouldn't do this or you shouldn't do that. It's more so just, like, my my music is just about me and me me only. So it's, like, um, I'm not going to preach something that I don't do. And then when I obviously was on drugs, I was talking about doing them all the time because it's just what I was doing. So I'm not, like, you know, here to be, like, hey, you shouldn't do this or shouldn't do that. I believe everyone has their own journey and, it you know life hits everyone differently, but I, me personally, I just stopped you know just because it wasn't fun anymore. You don't know what you're you're gonna get, and that could be your last time. So it's like when it's when it's no fun anymore, you know. I I, I was done with it, and I was just you know I want to be here forever for my son and my my children to come, you know, and for my fans. Exactly. Your fans are the most loyal. They wear all your merch. And you kind of did it the Master P way back in the day with going door to door, handing your CDs out, out of the trunk, go handing the, the fans of the doors with their tickets and everything. Is there still an organic way that you still go out there and carry on that tradition? I know social media, that's how you're, you're present on the Internet with all the artists. That's how they're moving there and pushing their brand nowadays. But is there some 
level that you still keep maintain that organic old school way and and maintaining contact with fans? Yeah, um, I'd say one of the one of the things that we still do is after the end of every show, we take pictures and meet everybody, and you know we have them line up and just. One by one, take a picture with me. If you want to holler at me, you know, you want something signed. We do that at the end of the every show, at the end of every show still. Like yesterday, it was about like an hour and a half, almost two hours of signing and taking pictures after the show. So it was like, you know, I feel like you got to stay humble because at the end of the day, these are the people that whose lives are changing one. So you don't want to affect them in a negative way or make them you know, crush their dreams, basically, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, so, yeah, man, I think that's the most um, organic thing that we're still, we still carry on right now. It, uh, it's interesting learning about your story because your mother was the one who really was that influence in getting you into music because you you heard all this rock music and Nirvana, Kurt Cobain. I've heard you speak about Kurt Cobain and it's kind of interesting because I was born in 99. So Cobain was already passed away at that point, but it, people really didn't take him that seriously until after he died. Is that right? Um, I don't really like know his, his story like too, too crazy, but I, I, I mean, that's what I've heard. I'm pretty sure like, that's with a lot of artists too. Like, so, I mean, that makes sense. All I know is he's a, a icon and he went through a lot of similar, like emotions as me, you feel me? He was real outspoken just about the problem yeah. he was facing with everything, that, with addiction and everything. He was definitely ahead of his time, but I've heard that too. Yeah. I know people have said that Nirvana isn't cool. It's, it's kind of crazy when you look back on all these bands that, had some summer stature in the nineties and all of a sudden years later, they either become cool or you're, you're tarnished. I know Nickelback is one of those bands where people are like, they're garbage or this, but they still got hit records at the end of the day. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't know how they can slander Nickelback. That shit gives it to me. I'm like, what? <laughs> I, I love Nickelback. <laughs> Yeah, I don't get and they do. I think they do it with Creed, too. I've seen the Creed threads online, all, <laughs> yeah, all these 90s bands. It's like they had all these huge hits in the 90s. I mean, what were these people listening to if they thought this was trash? I don't know. I don't know. You know, I don't get it, man. I, I, I don't get it. It's a lot of music and throughout a lot of different generations, that, you know? Yeah. It's just <laughs> music's meant to be fun. So as long as you're having fun, then, you know, hey, more power to you. Exactly. When did you realize that you had such a huge fan base outside? Because I know you you come from that era, like we talked about just now, with you going door to door and passing out the tickets and CDs. But what was that first event for you where the the fans actually showed out for you? Um. Well, the first time I ever noticed it was like right. It was during that time when I was handing out uh, CDs, like standing at gas station basically making people just take CDs. Like, I wasn't even caring about selling them or nothing. I was just like, hey, I need you to hear this, blah, blah, blah. You know, we going literally all around the city, even the outskirts uh, of the city. We going to other states, places, traveling on our own dime. We, we didn't have hardly any money, but we just kept traveling, kept traveling, handing out CDs, tickets. And then, like, I had a show, um, 
in my hometown where at Al Rosa Villa, actually where Dimeback Darrell died, where he got killed at. And um, when we pulled up, like for me to perform, I was just in shock. I was like, whoa, we sold it out and stuff. So I was like, super like, whoa, this is, this is wild. And then when I went in there and they were singing my songs, that was like the first time that ever happened. I was like, whoa, this is, and this was well before when the drugs don't work and Nikki Six and all that. Yeah, when the drugs don't work is definitely the one that that put you on the map. Were you surprised that was the one that that was to take off for you and put your name on the map? We knew we knew it. Like me and my brother Highlight and mm-hmm. and my brother Joe. Like those are like we we, we literally played uh, my whole catalog of music at that time. And we every time we played through, we were like, man, this is the one. It's over with this one. But I didn't expect it to go that crazy like my idea of this is the one wasn't <laughs> as big as what it ended up being <laughs> <laughs> it took off yeah it, it <laughs> yeah it took off that's man i don't know that blows my mind yeah and you're still going today i mean what's been the one is celebrate the one that you noticed because that, that's the one that's catchy we said earlier and you, you performed that at the festival that you came back from is that the one that's going to be taken off next i think to be honest like celebrate was the one that we all you know like before we dropped the project we all agreed it was like yeah this is the this is the, yeah. this is the one but and it's a great record to perform like like i said it's catchy everyone it's easy to sing along because you'll 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 catch you'll catch on to it after a few seconds. Mm-hmm. But we've noticed a few other songs on this album that's going that's kind of blowing it out the water. <laughs> yeah, which ones that you can make? Because love don't cost a thing is one I wanted to bring up. What are some of the ones on here that you notice are blowing it out the water already? Um, I would I would say the old me, all stars, awesome. easy. They're all, especially the old me. I think the audio of just the old me right now is at already at half a million on YouTube. You need the visual soon. That's what's going to really. Yeah. yeah. We've been talking <laughs> about it. Love don't cost a thing. I want to bring that up. Any inspiration from JLo's record at all? This is kind of just your own message. Yeah, no, nah, it wasn't no inspiration from the um, her song at all, but. um. My brother came up with the treatment for the video though off the Nick Cannon thing. Yeah. So so that was where the inspiration behind the video came to. But as far as the song, like I was just in the studio with my engineer one day and I just had like an idea and I just wrote it right there. And put it together. I like the music video. It has those early two thousands hip hop vibes. Yeah, yeah. That's and that's like one of the only videos I have that it's like daylight. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, you've described yourself in the past as being relating to a bat because you sleep all day and you record and work all night. Yeah. Uh, ever since I got off drugs, though, kind of kind of changed a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm like, uh, my, my times are weird. But I definitely like, like, there's some days where I like recording during, and like really early in the morning. But then there's, most of the times I'm usually recording, you know, from eight at night till like, you know, six to eight in the morning. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, no, that, most artists work at night, especially the ones that I've spoken to and just learned in the history of many artists in the industry. They, they prefer recording at night. I, I did want to bring up your influences in, in hip hop because Outcast was kind of the first CD that you found. I think it belonged to your father. And I learned that my condolences, he passed away when, when you were five. And you, you speak yeah. about that on the album being that you didn't really have the chance for him to throw the ball around with him in the yard. But now you get to do that with your son. Yeah, well, yeah, now I get the chance. See, my son's three, but we still working on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, now, nah, like, I remember, I don't know if, if you remember, like, back in the day when, when CD, like, CDs first started popping and you had, like, the little CD stands that would be on the side of the, of the you know, the TV. And the entertainment it, center. Yeah. Yeah. You line all your CDs up. And stuff. They're like a rack, like, shelf rack. Yeah. Like, yeah. I never paid attention to that growing up. My dad died when I was five. So, like, I never paid attention to the CD rack. You know what I'm saying? We had, like, the little, the old um, surround sound thing. Like, they so if I wanted to hear music, I just press turn it on and the music will play and stuff. So, the little six CD player thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that little <laughs> thing. And so, I never paid attention. But then when I got, like, eight, nine, when I started, like, writing poems and, like, really liking music and wanting to do music i just mm -hmm. like went through his cd collection and i found at aliens shaq diesel yeah shaq and shaq diesel <laughs> <laughs> i don't know why my dad liked that <laughs> but that's <laughs> funny that's so funny i would play him that and uh this is funny too when i was a kid me and my sisters used to love that uh baby got back song by sir mix a lot, makes a lot. We used to have this kids bop type CD or some something like that. <laughs> we used to always play that song. Now on the kids, but was this a this was actually Sir Mixalox? I know with the kids bops back in the day, it was like covers of kids doing it. It was, was like just... it was just like an edited version. Okay, it, I don't think it was kids bop because this was I think this was before that. Yeah, I think it was just like one of them. Uh, mix CDs. I don't know what is it. You know, like uh, what was the other one? Now you remember? Now, mm -hmm. yeah, it might have been something like that, where it's just like a mix, but they're all clean or something. Yeah, because I think it was mainly. I think you got those back in just like regular stores. Walmart had them. I remember when yeah. I was real young seeing them in there. I think I had one or two. They're they're more sold for in in the family stores. They're more what was on the radio, so it was probably edited for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Th this generation doesn't know about that. They never will. So it's kind of, I haven't even Memory. thought about that in a while. <laughs> now in Kids Bop, that's taking me back. <laughs> yeah. I ain't thought about that in so long, man. Oh, uh, no. It, but it, it's crazy to hear your, your influences. But the song that made you really go crazy was with Chris Brown and, and Jordan Sparks. That was the one that inspired you to really rap and take it seriously because you were writing your own raps to that song was it nowhere yeah, no that was like just the first song that i wrote a rap to like i liked the uh the, like the guitar and stuff in it and and when they kept saying no air how i'm supposed to be with no air i just liked that i don't know why it kept sticking in my head so i'm like one day i'm like i'm gonna write a rap and i just chose that song i don't know i don't know why to this day i really don't but I like that. <laughs> and I just know my little rap and I'm like, oh, all right, I kind of like this. So I just started pulling up songs that I liked and writing raps to them. 
and and it worked out from you in the Carter two, the Carter three as well. Those are yeah. those are some influences as far as albums go. So you, yeah, you were right there in, in Wayne's era. That's his, that's when he was dominating. Yeah, and that's when like music was really hitting me. Like was when Wayne was literally the 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 guy. Yeah. Wayne Wayne was the he he still is, but you know No, nah, he's the he's still the guy in my eyes. But I'm saying when he was in his prime prime Wayne. It was like all you heard was Wayne. Yeah. And then he was on the features and he yeah. was killing the feature game. Even after the Carter three and his run there, he was still killing the features. Amazing. Yeah, he's definitely top 10 for sure. No doubt about it. But but we're working here to, to see because we talk about it all the time because you're kind of in this branch with the, the white rappers and the, and the rock rappers and all that. Have you have you spoken with some of your fellow? Because I know you went on tour with Caskey. Have you had conversations with them about what it's going to take to really break that mold when you're looped in with all the other rappers and you're kind of not just in your own cult following base? It's hard because it's like, like me and Caskey's had these conversations so many times. Like, it's hard because it's like the white rappers um, all tour together and stuff. And because it's like a lot of them don't don't have cosigns from the black artists. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Or or their lifestyle really isn't the same as a lot of hip hop artists. So you know, it's not really meshing with you know, that mainstream crowd or that other or like pop crowd or whatever crowd it may be. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's like, and it, it's like the industry or the people in the industry kind of make it a white rapper thing as opposed to it's just like, this is just rap music or whatever. But I tell Caskey all the time, it's like, man, you, me and you, we're brothers. Like, we don't never have any issues. So I'm not going to stop working with you because, <laughs> you know, you're white. That would be crazy. <laughs> but it is. It's like, I don't, I don't know. Like, majority of my hip hop friends that are like really my friends are, are white rappers. So it's like, that, that's probably why I'm always in that bracket. But that don't mean that, like, I don't know. If you ask me who my favorite rappers are, they're not they're not at all like country or rock and roll white rappers. <laughs> yeah, no. But I don't know. And you if you're white, dude, you're automatically a white rapper. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no matter what, you can't get away from it. It's like <laughs> it's true. You, you even see it with Eminem, even to this yeah. day, unfortunately, just how much he's done for hip hop, you still see. There's a lot of criticism there. You still see it, unfortunately. Yeah, like I just look at it as like if you're dope, you're just dope. dope. Like if you're a goat, you're you're goaded. Like if you're a legend, you're a legend. Like like when it comes to him, he just like done so much in hip hop, period, and just paved the way for and pioneered a lot of different things, like. So I could never take that away from him at all. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. And then same like with the Wayne hate. Like there's a lot of people who hate on Lil Wayne too. Yeah. Like say, oh, he's lost it. What? He's still literally, like both of them, Wayne and him are still snapping. Like if they were to drop what they're dropping now when they were in their prime, they would, it would be masterpieces and no one would have problems. It's just the times are changing and people's ears are different now, mm-hmm. you know? But, it, it, but. 
I hate hearing I hate hearing like slander on people just because times are different. Yeah, I don't agree with it. And, and, and speaking of slander, I did want to address it with the open in their ears. People are, are are they really saying that you're that you're not rapping because you even said that they need to close their eyes and open yeah. their ears on your album. So we we came into a perfect segue here. So are people kind of throwing criticism at you for that? Is there somewhere in the comments somewhere that people are saying this? Yeah, I'm like one of them dudes who like sometimes if I look at one comment, I'll just start to get lost in all the comments, which is like a bad habit. <laughs> so like I'll see, you know, it'll be that one comment and I'll be like, ah. And but nah, it's it's happened so many times, like where one thing I've noticed is like a lot of uh my fans or supporters like they'll be like, ah, and that goes into that old doobie talk too. They'll be like, oh, I miss the old doobie, you sing too much. You know, I wish you, I just want you to rap. And I'm like, and I just like will play my album back, you know, and I'm like, dude, I'm literally rapping all over it. But, but I sing too. So it's like, it's a mixture. You're going to get both, you know. I just be feeling like people don't really listen. They just hear what they want to hear. And it's like annoying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And no, I get it. I get it, man. It's, it, Times are different now, but I don't know why people would say you're not rapping. You have a lot of other artists out here that are charting that have no business being on those charts. And they yeah. clarify that as rap. So I don't know what what's going on there. I, I really don't understand. It's probably just haters. You never know. It's probably just haters yeah. in the comments. I think too is just like whether you use auto-tune or you or you you sing you're singy like like for example like rod wave people like mm-hmm. he can sing but if you hear a lot of his music like it's like sing rap mm-hmm. he's rapping yeah you know but he's just holding a note and i feel like nowadays like i said music's changed so it's almost like the new standard to like rap but hold a, a, a little you know note while you're doing it exactly you know it, it times are changed right now but i mean you're winning right now as from from my standpoint because you still got the fan base you're going strong you're still dropping the, the dope records just with the self-titled album just now but with black noise because this this is something you've been hesitant about signing deals for a while and just you've said it in the past that these small dollars these companies they're trying to give me these small dollars i know my worth and i'm worth much more than that what was it about black noise that you were able to come to an agreement with them in which you were like all right this is someone that's finally seeing me for what I'm worth. What was it about them that you you put the ink to that contract? Um I mean just at the time it just felt like diff it just felt different. It didn't feel like I was being pressured into something that wasn't real. You know what I'm saying? Um it, you know sometimes you just go off your feeling and that just lets you, you know, you let that guide you the moment you know what i'm saying yeah so i feel like we just had a a similar like idea of what was best for me you know what i'm saying and similar ideas as far as tools on how to get there and things like that because i knew that i wasn't just a regular artist coming in there because i had a fan base already but I wasn't, I hadn't scratched the mainstream surface, you know, but I, I'm like a legend in the underground. <laughs> so yeah. I, um, I don't know. I think we just shared the same, the same idea of what it's going to take and how to pull me from the underground world and try to 
crack this mainstream world now. Pain has a purpose. I wanted to bring up this song because it, it relates to everything that you've gone through this far. Like you just said that you're a legend in the underground. You're trying to break the mainstream. Is there a point where you're just, was there ever a point you just wanted to say, man, this isn't worth it. Um, it's not happening fast enough for me. Was there ever a point that you kind of took a perception on that? Yeah, I always feel like that sometimes. Like, I still feel like I ain't even, like, I've I've accomplished um, some dope things, but I really ain't did much. Like, I'm, I've barely scratched the surface, like, in my eyes. So, like, I'm always like, man, this is, when is it, when is the moment going to come? Because, like, even now, like, like, Nikki Six and When the Drugs Don't Work, yeah, they went, they went gold, you know, but that was, you know, however many years ago, you know, like I'm, and now I'm just like, what's next? You know, like we need to, it's gotta be something, you know? Yeah. Like well, what now, is that now, goal? Now. Cause you got the, you got the record label down, you got the deal down, you got the records. So what do you think you got the fan base? So what is that goal that you're, you think that you're reaching for that you want next that, that major thing? What do you think it is? I just want to, I want that number one song for real. Mm. Just that big record, that that life changing record that, you know, solidifies Doobie as a as a whole, you know, to where it's just like, hey, oh yeah, he's serious. He worked hard for this. He deserves it. Like that moment. Yeah, it, it's coming. It, it should be. It should have been here already. I agree. Pain is a purpose. Uh, you just you're always looking at it. When's my moment gonna come? It should have been here by now. But when you look at the people you've worked with from the baby, Icewear Vezo, even Be Real, Be Real thinks you're dope. So what's your friendship with him? Because you've been on his show. What's your friendship with him outside when you're not on his show? You have a music relationship with him? Oh, uh, we don't we don't have no relationship. No relationship? At all. Yeah. Nah. You you were just on his show for I think was it the the green box? Is that what it was? The smoke box. Yeah. Smoke shout box. out to him for having us on the show. Um and um my my manager Joe, my brother Joe, um, used to work with with him and stuff, so they kind of put that together and whatnot. But no, they, it was it was a dope interview and all that. But me and him don't have no relationship outside of that one day. Yeah, well, hopefully down the road there'll be a collaboration between you and you and Be Real. That would be dope. Yeah, no, nah, that would be that would be sick. I'm always down. Yeah, you're always down to work. Even you want to expand because you like heavy metal, country. Do you feel as though that you you want to take that post Malone route? Do you want to kind of just go into different genres? Because I mean, you could do the singing and, and rapping already, but do you want to make that transition? Do you think that could p potentially boost you up more? Yeah, no, nah, I've been um, like I said, like I I can make any type of genre of music. I think the main thing I was missing which we're getting together now is the band. So we're putting together the band right now. So uh, this next tour, I'm gonna go out with a band. And uh, and yeah, like me, I'm trying to do everything. Like I'm not trying to do the one, the the be in the box thing, you know, cause it just makes me unhappy. I like, I like so many different genres of music that it's like, I would be bad at myself if I just like rapped my whole life. Yeah, no, you you want you don't want to be boxed in, but yeah. even before rap, because I, I did learn about it. You, you were a football player, running back and cornerback. That you were you, before, up until that high school, like you were my, in football. 
Yeah, that was like my childhood first like passion was like I wanted to play football and or or baseball too. I loved the baseball too, and I was really good at them. But then after the, and then after I had like got a couple concussions, concussions. Stuff, I heard about that. Yeah, and I was like, man, this is too much. You feel me? Like, and and then I'm looking at the odds of really making it to the next level. And I just, I don't know, I guess I just didn't really believe in myself the older I got in that space. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so I started writing more, like more music. I started rapping more, doing talent shows and stuff. And that started making me more happy, you know, kind of feeling that void. Because like when I stopped playing sports, all my friend, friends, like I felt like I didn't have no friends anymore, nothing. Like, because nobody was trying to make music back then. Everybody was you know, playing sports for real. That was the cool thing. So when I started rapping, I just felt like I ain't, it wasn't nobody around them, but the music was making me happy. So that, that's how, that's how it transitioned real fast. Yeah. Now you got to do what makes you happy in life. And it's probably better that you took this route because if you were getting concussions, we've seen what happens to football players yeah. down the road. Was, and- yeah. Football wasn't for, for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're better off with this route, but you do root for the Cowboys. Your father was a Cowboy fan. The Buc- you're a Buckeyes fan. You also like Notre Dame too. Yeah, so it's just a, you know, family thing. Like half of my family likes the Ohio State Buckeyes, half of them likes Notre Dame, but I'm more of a Buckeye than, you know, a fighting Irish for sure. Yeah. But hey, I ain't mad at them. <laughs> Definitely a Dallas Cowboy though, I and mean, there's not no other teams. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. That that's your mate. Is Dak the guy? Do you think Dak's gonna lead you to the promised land? I love Dak, but I think it's over for Dak. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He he had his shot, man. I think it's time to to rebuild, man. But it's all right though, because he gave it his all. You know, he played well, did what he could. It's just every dog has their day. Yep. They do for sure. I wanted to get into to Big Mike because you always do it for Big Mike. He, he he passed away, and you you he was such a, a great father. And you talk about him inspiring you as a father as well. So walk me through the first time that you met Big Mike. Um, when when was the first time that I met Big Mike? Oh yeah yeah. So um, we used to have the studio in the city. Um, that I used to be the the engineer at or whatever. And um, it was Lights. It was my brother Highlight Studio. And I was just chilling up there, and I uh, walked into the office or whatever, and Big Mike was just sitting in there uh, ro- rolling up or whatever, talking to Light. And, all and Light's like, hey, this this is uh, it's my bro, Big Mike, whatever. And we met, and then, like, a month later, because I was young, so I was, like, I was a teenager, so... 18 or 17 or something. I was still living with my mom. And I got kicked out of my mom's house. And I had just met Mike like a week before. And uh, Mike's like, man, you could come live with me. So I moved in with Mike literally like a week after meeting him. And then we just then like a month after that, he went on tour with Highlights. So I was just living in his house, you know, with his family, like literally for a few months till he got back from tour. So I really still didn't know him, you know? And then when he came back, we was together every day, just years and years and years, grinding, grinding music, music. And 
literally just one of the best fathers I've ever met in my life. Like when he came back from tour, he, um, when he left for tour, he had, he had just had two twin babies. And so like while he was going, I just kind of like helped out around the house and stuff, you know, with the with the girls and stuff. And uh, when he got back, he just like, I, I just watching him with his kids and stuff, it was just amazing. Cause I was just a teenager and stuff, you know, young, young, young man. So it was just inspiring. I ain't never seen nothing like that. Rest in peace to Big Mike. I know he's a big influence in your life as well as Light too, because you you met him in the studio as well as an engineer in the studio. I think you were doing a hook for a group that you had in the studio at the time. He came in. Yeah. And then- well, this was before I started. Uh, before I was engineering at the studio, I was working with another group, at, basically as their producer. Oh, yeah, you were making had- beats for them. Yeah, like they had booked time in the building. In the building that we had our studio, there was like three, four other studios in there. And Light Light Studio was in the same building as the studio we were recording at, basically. So when we were over there, the homies I was recording with was like, hey, you might as well get on the song. And I was like, oh, okay, this this don't never happen. So I get on the song and Light walk in as I'm rapping and like, at this time in Columbus, Ohio, like lights, like DJ drama, you know, to us. So I was like, oh, what the, you know, like this is crazy, like whoa, and I it's, and I'm rapping too, so I'm like, oh yeah, it's perfect. I, so I just start rapping and stuff. He come in there, ask for a, a a wood or whatever, sit down, he chopping it up with us, and then he just leave. You feel me? And I was like 17 at the time. And uh, when he left, he DM'd me on Twitter at like one in the morning and was like, hey, what are you doing, man? Uh, you try, you free to come by the studio or whatever? I'm like, yeah, so I come by the studio. He like, oh, you want to make it? If you can make a hit right now, I'll manage you, basically. And then I just made a song and he started managing me. Ever since then, that's when I, I learned how to professionally engineer and I started working at his studio for, you know, four or five years. Wow. Yeah, he hit you up on Twitter, as you mentioned before. But another platform that you really blew up off of, which was Facebook. That's that's an oddity yeah. to hear. This is the first time I've heard an artist get blown up off Facebook on my show. Yeah, that was <laughs> that was <laughs> crazy to me. Because this is when, like, Instagram was at its height. This was a few years ago. And... I don't know. I just had people change because at that time I called myself Doobie Bandit and I had mm-hmm. everyone change their last name to Bandit on Facebook. And when that happened, that's when I started noticing how big the Facebook uh, platform was compared to anything else that I had. So I started feeding that a little more, you know, and that's how I would, you know, sell tickets and CDs and stuff was basically off the Facebook page because that was what was really booming shout out to facebook (laughs) facebook yeah that's crazy man you're you're definitely there's got to be some kind of like history chart out there for artists that have blown up there you're you're right at the top because i haven't haven't heard about artists blowing up off of facebook yeah i don't really (laughs) (laughs) you're probably the only one (laughs) facebook and youtube were the two that really skyrocketed my career Mm -hmm. 100 percent yeah. 
Uh, absolutely, no doubt about it. But it's something that's always interesting about you and learning about it, your career and just the imagery of your music, because you do like painting and drawing and all that stuff, art, and it comes through on your music, just on the album covers as well, because you'll go on there, you'll have the horns, and you speak about just kind of accepting how the industry paints certain artists, just being the, the yeah. dude in the corner almost. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like they have their... You know, I don't know. They have their artists who they who they want to be in the forefront, and then there's all these other artists who, honestly, you know, to me, there's there's so many. All the the best artists in the world aren't even heard. I feel like I agree. I feel like the best music isn't even out. You know, it's not even in the public, and so the when you have your own following and you do prove them wrong, you know, but you still can't get in them parties and things like that, because it's like, you know, all corporate and however they, they set it up to be. But then when you, when they look across the street and you're throwing your own party and stuff, obviously you're the bad guy. Cause you know, you can do the same things as these guys, but you just like, you don't care about what they got going on. No, I think you're onto something with that for sure, especially with the imagery, because this is interesting. I know you, you always consider yourself just a dark, a dark guy with the upside down cross imagery. But is this kind of a dig at how rock was perceived back in the day where they would say, oh, well, if you play the records backwards, there's all these satanic things on there because they're trying to say now that rap is the new devil's music and the devil's yeah. it's crazy is this kind of like what you're trying to get out through that or is it or is it I not as deep it, as that yeah i think back then like when we were making these records and stuff like like now my brother owns a company called a clothing brand called holy center and it's an upside down cross and a and a right side up cross and basically it just means you know we're we all have you know our wrongs we're all not perfect you know what I'm saying? Nobody's perfect. And basically, I think it's like when people paint paint you to be certain things and that's what you are anyway, it's like, so be it. Yeah. I am whatever you think it means. You know what I'm saying? At this point. No, I think you're right, man. I, I think it's you're definitely one of the most interesting artists out there that's being creative and taking it a step further through the imagery because not everyone can express themselves in the booth and outside yeah. of it as well. The point being is really like, it's crazy how people pay attention to what they see and not what they hear. And that's what defines what's great music or not. Yeah. That's the how crappy the industry is. I could put an upside down cross on my anything and they will tell me that this is, this is bad music because of what they see and not hear. Yeah. So, and we saw, I mean, they did it with, I know he's controversial right now, but they did it with Marilyn Manson in the nineties. Yeah. They were like, oh, he's terrible. He's this, he's that, but was, he, he made hit records. He had great music. Yeah. I mean, like, honestly, like look at Lil Nas X, right? Mm. His, his music is amazing. Like fire music. But then like some of his videos and stuff, he's, he goes off the chain. Yeah. Same with, with, uh, <laughs> Uh, Sam Smith. Oh, at the Grammys. Yeah, like I, it's like, are you? He he's an amazing artist. Like he's just in, expressing himself. Like I mean, hey, 
I don't care what you do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's about the music is not, you know. Yeah, no, it, it, it's definitely an artist. That's how they articulate themselves. And, and you do it, man. You do it in your own way. And I appreciate everything that you do, not only just for hip hop, but music as a whole, because you're, you're trying to do everything across every genre, bring all the genre, piece everything together. So it's different. You don't have yeah. too many people out here doing it. And you're doing it at a great rate, man. All the records that you've released this far are going viral. You're, you're looking for that life changer record. I think you have it already in the vault, but it's probably also on the way, man, because I know you're always working. So what, what do you have next from here now? What are you working on next? I know you, you're going, you're probably going to be going on tour here for Doobie. So yeah. what, what's going to be up next for you on the docket? Um, well, just dropped the album. So next we got tour, um, somewhat sober tour starts September 21st in Salt Lake City, Utah, I believe. Um, we'll be, we'll be, um, I think it's like 30 something shows, something like that, going everywhere in the U.S. So, yeah, tour, tour, tour to end the year off. And then, you know, top of the year next year, we're firing. More records. More records, more movement, more everything. Like, I know you're willing that you're open to work with anyone, but who's someone in your mind that you, you want to get that feature that you want to get in that studio? I know people are all big on, oh, we'll send the verse in the email, get that. Who's someone you actually really want to connect with in the studio? Um, that's funny. I just did a um interview yesterday and that was that was it was a similar question. I honestly like and people like don't like when I answer like this, but I honestly don't care. I like um I like Post Malone's music like a lot, and, and he's such a like he's so me and him are so similar, in in certain ways. I just feel like on a connecting you know type of a situation as far as the music, it'll be it'd be dope working with bro. And then another one is somebody who like I mean I've been around a, a few times. You know we don't really have a, a relationship or nothing like that, but we respect each other. Uh, MGK, I okay. like it. Yeah. yeah, I like MGK. Ohio, Ohio got Trippy Red too from Ohio. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to Trippy too. That's another one. Like, um, we know of each other and stuff, and we've been talking talked about working and stuff. I just, um, you know, whenever the time is right. It will be soon. Bone Thugs is from Ohio. What are the, you know, this is an interesting question because you come from Columbus. What are the struggles of coming out of Columbus and even Ohio just as a whole? Because it's because when you look at the music industry, they're like, well, it's Atlanta, New York, L.A., yeah. Houston. What are the struggles of coming out of Ohio and trying to break into the music scene? Um, I think because. Like. If you look at Ohio, Cleveland's had so much success, you know, so many like amazing artists that have established themselves, you know, as big, huge mainstream, you know, artists such as, you know, like Kid Cudi, you got MGK, you got Bone Thugs, you know, they've, they've got Doughboy. It's just the list is like, yeah. they got a fire ass roster. You know? yeah. <laughs> so it's harder like from the other cities to, to get the same recognition because you know, the most of the eyes are on the artists that are coming because that are coming out of Cleveland because most of the Ohio artists that are popping are from Cleveland. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like as far as on that, that level of 
Love. I mean, I think, I don't know. It's hard for me to answer that question because every time they do the list and it comes out every year and I'm always one, two or three. So it's like, I feel like I do get uh, my recognition I deserve in the city, but I don't know. I don't know. It's definitely harder being heard because Cleveland, they shout out to Cleveland. They, they're on fire. But Columbus has an amazing roster and we only get started, you know. We got EKT42 who just signed to uh, Meek Mill. He's killing it too for us. So, you guys are going to be blowing up. Yeah, yeah. Our time's coming. Our time's coming. It's about time, man, especially what you've been doing. Doobie, is there anything else you want to let the, your fans know, audience know that we didn't talk about tonight that you want to close out with? Anything? Nah, man. Uh, just stream the album, share the album. Um, self-titled Doobie everywhere on all platforms. Um, a few videos been released off the album as well on YouTube, and I'm going back on tour. It's called the Somewhat Sober Tour. September. Get your tickets. Somewhat sober. Go get your tickets. Where can they pre-order these tickets? Ticketmaster. Um, yeah, Ticketmaster, or or you can go to batshitcrazy.com. S H X T. And then crazy with a K. And there you have it, man. Doobie, thank you for coming on the show, man. I appreciate a shout out to your management, getting us all worked out here and setting us up. I have your album yeah. in the rotation. Keep doing great I things, I apologize man. for the tardiness, man. No, it's all right, man. I Because I was like, what happened? You know, but, but everything's all, all good, man. Trust me. You know, as long as you're here, you know, I support what you're doing, everything that you got going on. Congratulations on the new release, man. It's only up from here. Appreciate that, man. Appreciate your time. No doubt, man. They can follow you on Instagram at Doobie as well. Yes, sir. D-O-O-B-I-E. You already know, man. Doobie, man. Peace out until the next time, all right? Appreciate you, boss. No doubt, man. Take care. Stay safe out there. You as well. Peace out, man.